Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing, is Canada a good place to die? So Mike, what made you think of this subject? Well, we always hear that Canada is a great place to live. <laughs> it's one of the top top five places in the world to live. So we figured we should go the other route and see if it's a good place to die. You know, funny enough, the answer is yes, it is. You go through and uh, if you look at cost of dying, the, the people always talk about estate tax and uh, federal estate tax. You know, everyone thinks because you hear of all these costs of estates, is there a federal Canadian estate tax? And to be honest, the answer is no, there is none. And it's one of the few countries in the world that are set up like that. U.S. has, you get a bit of an exemption. I'm, I say a bit, I mean, it's about $11 billion, so it's a large exemption. <laughs> pretty good exemption. <laughs> pretty good exemption. But after that, they start charging 40% on taxes. That's just straight off whatever the asset's worth. They're taking 40%. I've had clients die over in Europe, and the state taxes are quite severe by the time they get the money over here. So in Canada, the state taxes are, federally speaking, don't exist. There is, however, other costs. So let's talk about this. Let's start off with probate fees. Tell us a bit about what that is. So essentially what a probate fee is, it's a fee that the government charges to basically do what they call probating a will, making sure everything is, is as they said it is. And every province is a little bit different. Uh, right now, we're, you know, we're in the province of Ontario. It's at 1.5%. So let's use the example, if you had a, a million dollar estate, that is going to cost you about $15,000. So it's, it's not a huge tax. Um, remember, we, we pay 13% sales tax. So this is a lot less than 13%. Um, but needless to say, people do a lot to try and avoid paying that probate. A couple of other provinces, Quebec, if you happen to cross the border and happen to, you know, have your will and everything set up there, there are no probate fees. So you'd be better off to die in Quebec. What about Alberta? Alberta is also very cheap. $525 flat rate. So each province is a little different. Most of them are like Ontario, where it's, you know, either 1.3 up to 1.7%. They, you know, they might say it's $250 on the first $10,000 and then it's 1.7% per $1,000 afterwards. So it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, there's always that argument whether it's a fee or an, they call it a state administration tax. And I guess the tax side is when it's a percentage of assets. A lot of other provinces you do the fee thing where it's a set fee for doing the administrative work. So Over the years, you and I have seen pretty well every attempt to avoid probate. And my sense is, is that it's a waste of time. Yeah, some are, some are okay, some are hard. Sometimes people mess up their whole estate plan over trying to save this small probate fee, which is meant to protect the family. Unless you know a person is dying with 100% certainty in the next month, you shouldn't be doing a lot of things to try and avoid probate fees. It's one and a half percent. So so let's talk about the good ways. There's good ways and there's bad ways. So let's get the good ways out of the way. 
one thing you can do to avoid uh, probate fees is name beneficiaries. And this is actually a good strategy. It makes things fall, fall straight through to the people who you plan to go to. Basically, the reason why you don't pay probate is those assets never fall through the will. So they never become a probated, probated asset. They just fall straight to the beneficiaries. So that is a good strategy. So that would work for things like an RSP account, a locked-in RSP account, what we call a Lira, um, or when those are converted to income streams, you have a RIF and a LIF. Yeah. So all of those accounts, you can have a named beneficiary. Even TFSAs, you can do the same thing Tax-free too. savings account, perfect idea. You can have a beneficiary. You could have multiple beneficiaries on a TFSA. The things that don't have beneficiaries that people don't realize many times is open accounts. There's no such thing as a beneficiary in an open account. You can make them joint, but as I said, that's when you get into that gray area. It should be joint with spouses if there's no other issues. But when you start making accounts joint with a family with a lot of kids, you've you've opened up yourself to a lot of liability. You have marital breakdowns. You have people could die beforehand. There's a lot of things that can go wrong and mess up your estate. So that's an area we like to stay away from unless it's, as you said, unless the person's 90 years old, it's easy to do. And every, there's one child and it's all going to that. There's a very odd situation where it makes a ton of sense. But it's a, it's an odd situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I've talked about this before, but I remember, so I have four sisters and my mom was dying. My father had already passed away and we knew my mom was dying imminently. But the last thing we wanted to do was to have her signing documents to avoid one and a half percent probate fee on her estate. It just, we had, you know, it just seemed the wrong thing to do. It seemed inhuman. Yeah, it, and many times there should be things that are bigger, higher, bigger concerns than that at those times. A good thing to use too is insurance policies. So again, how I said open accounts, you cannot name beneficiaries. The insurance uh, system is set up where you can name beneficiaries and they do avoid probate fees. So if people have any type of life insurance products, having a name beneficiary avoids that probate. If they used any type of segregated fund or anything like that, a name beneficiary can again avoid probate. So there, there is ways on the insurance side of things to avoid those probate costs. And some of the policies, whether it's a whole life or a universal life, they give the opportunity to add additional funds into those policies and they get paid out free of tax, free of probate. So there are some things you can do there, um, but that's for someone who wants to make sure they're passing on a good size estate and leaving money for the next generation or their beneficiaries or whomever. So we know there's always a cost to an estate. So we've just talked about it only being one and a half percent, but we do know that when people die, there's usually a big tax cost. So what's that from? The biggest hit is always the what we call the registered accounts. And the registered accounts are, are the, and I mentioned them earlier, the RSP, the RIF, the Lira, the locked-in retirement account, and the LIF, the life income fund. Those are the four biggest. The TFSA is tax-free, so it's different, even though it is considered a registered account. So what happens when both spouses are gone, if it's a couple or an individual when they're passed away, everything that was in that RSP, the RIF, the Lira, or the LIF, comes into their final year's worth of income. So if you had half a million dollars in an RSP, that 500000 comes into your income along with any other income during the year you passed away. 
When I started in the business, someone gave me a great description. They said, everyone in Canada's last words are sell everything. <laughs> and that, that's how it works. Right before you die, the date that you passed away, it's as if you said to, you called up everyone with every financial asset you have and said, clear it out and put it on my tax bill for that year. So normally, if you've you know had a married couple that have been together for a long time, you've probably got the beneficiary set up properly. But we know we've got a 50% divorce rate in this country and maybe even higher after COVID. There's a lot of cases where you've got the wrong beneficiary on all of those registered accounts. So it's really important to get that right. It's really important to look at it and to stay on top of it. Yeah, pay attention to, you know, lately I've been trying to pay a little bit more attention to secondary beneficiaries too. Because what happens, obviously people put their first beneficiary as a husband and wife. The thing they forget is sometimes what goes on is the children are there and the one parent will pass away and the other person is no longer capable of making decisions, right? So now they have, let's say, Alzheimer's or something along that line, and they can no longer change the beneficiary to be their kids. So a lot of time you can have a first beneficiary and have a secondary beneficiary that takes that place. So there's some more deep planning you can do in there too. And really simple to do, right? Yeah. Easy to do at the time, but if it happens and someone dies, you have a nightmare you in your can't, heads. You can't change anything. So we talked about, you know, what's the biggest chunk of taxes you're going to pay on? That's the registered accounts. The second biggest is the open accounts, and it's the unrealized gains. So whether it's an investment account that, you know, you put in $300,000, its cost base is maybe $400,000, but the account's worth a million dollars you could have a $600,000 unrealized capital gain. I've got quite a few clients with over a million dollars of unrealized capital gains. Yeah. That's a big future tax liability. And the other is vacation properties, cabins, cottages, ski chalets, whatever it may be, a property down in the States, all those things probably today have unrealized gains because real estate's done so well. Yeah. So that would be taxable as well. Even corporations can cause issues too. You know, people with large corporations and when they pass away, again, the corporation continues to exist, but they're holding the corporation comes to an end when they pass away. So you really have to figure out how that's all going to flow through. You mentioned art. Art is one of those things that can also be taxable. You could have paintings in your house that you bought for, you know, $1,000 and are now worth $20,000. You're supposed to be paying tax on that capital gain. If that Picasso's in your will, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be a, a taxable asset. The next thing that happens is death benefits. And this one's always, you know, an interesting one. And as many people know who, who listen to us, our client base is getting older. So we're, we have had uh, lots of clients that have passed away over, you know, or certainly over the last 10 years. And it always surprises me when you get the, the death benefit from the government, it's only $2,500. And so someone could have worked their lifetime, be all set to receive their Canada pension plan at maybe 60 or 65 and going to be getting, you know, eight to $10,000 a year for the next 30 years. And they pass away and all they get is $2,500. Yeah. I thought it was bad until I went and checked out we had a client who was also an American client. How much do you think they get? Oh, I don't think it's much. <laughs> $255. So Canada's 10 times better 
then the states it's something. Either it's way, it's not, it's not burying you either way, is it? <laughs> no, it's not doing much, right? And it, and you you really have you have to file a return for it. The whole thing. It's probably not worth getting the two hundred and fifty five dollars. Yeah, it's funny. I can always tell those last returns because it's always five hundred dollars. It's twenty percent of the twenty five hundred, right? So it's always the same amount due every time you t- do a final return because usually that CPP death benefit sits on it. Well, the funny thing about the death benefit, it's taxable. Yeah. So it's not really $2,500. If and, and probably that year, they're at what, 53% yeah. because of all the other things? What is it the Beatles said? For my advice to those who died to clear the pennies on your eyes, <laughs> it's the tax man. So the good news is Canada is a pretty good place to die. There are going to be some taxes due. There's some things you can do to avoid those taxes or delay those taxes. But at some point, the government is going to get your money. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.